0: Welcome to a very special episode of The Love Boat, special as in we are talking about more teams than just the Vikings, because the Vikings haven't played in a month. But nonetheless, welcome, and let's introduce everyone. Preet, Carter, how we doing?
1: Doing pretty good. Uh, Enjoyed the Super Bowl. Sad football's gone. It was a good game, I'm happy to
0: say, even though I wasn't super hyped to watch it, um, it ended up being... You know, at least a tightly contested, pretty good defensive game. Maybe not the most exciting, but
1: I'd argue it was one of the I most think, exciting ones in memory. I think so. It was rip kind of the game because it started out a little slow.
0: It started out slow. You know, I wouldn't even say it was a snooze fest, but it was very just back and forth. Not much was happening. Um, I wouldn't call it a classic Super Bowl, but it was definitely a good game. So, I mean, what market you ask for? You could ask for an instant classic, but that doesn't happen, you know, every year or even every five. So we got a pretty cool play to round it out that Preet says Tony Romo Romo butchered the call on, which I can't fully disagree. So we can get into the Super Bowl, make some Vikings talk after that, and then we'll finish the show with some Super Gremlin nominations before we move on to full offseason mode in the coming weeks. So. Keep your eyes out for that. We got some fun guests planned this offseason, hopefully, if it all works out. So we'll, we'll keep it going. Um, Carter, I haven't talked to you as much as I've talked to Preet in the last couple of days. What would you think? Uh, is it what you expected? You know, there wasn't anything crazy except for San Francisco kind of getting that early lead. We, you know, we're talking about a little bit, but even once they blew that lead, it was still a really tight game to the end. So anything surprising for you?
2: I'll be be honest, uh, the game, the result of the game, kind of ultimate result kind of ended up being the same as I thought. How we got there was a little bit different. I'll say, i you know, I was talking last week about how, you know, you pick the guy who's been there before. But I'll give Brock Purdy some credit. He played pretty dang well, and especially early on, he made a lot of really good throws. I believe it was in the first quarter that he had kind of had a rollout through across his body and whatnot. I was pretty impressed by him overall. And
0: yeah. though Wait, I let's... don't
2: think this, this play was, you know, the reason that they were necessarily still in it, but it de- it wasn't anything holding them back, which I think a lot of people thought would happen.
0: Breet and I were debating a little bit about Brock Purdy because I said he played a good game. I think the best way I can put it is it's mistake-free football. It's more than what I expected from, you know, last drafted person in the draft who's doesn't have much football experience let alone in the playoffs so i i was pretty impressed with his performance and we'll probably touch on this but it is a little weird they didn't you know really force the ball to their real true playmakers besides mccaffrey you know
1: i was just gonna say i felt like he played okay i don't think he played exceptionally well like you guys are Tennis, like a Carter No, A-keeper I don't
2: think it, I don't think it's exceptionally well at all. It's just I think a lot of people expected him to be the
0: reason that they lost.
1: I mean, he, I mean, before you said you played exceptionally well. I don't think he played very good. I think he played very average in I general. think if you
0: have expectations for Brock Purdy, he played pretty dang good in a Super Bowl.
1: He played pretty average in my opinion. He just he, he just, you know, especially after they got off script, he was really nothing to write home about. Uh earlier in the first quarter I saw or the first half, I saw his pass completion chart and he was really just winning on the in breaking routes. And after the the chiefs and Chiefs Magnola took that away, he really struggled late in the game, really surprised at the underutilization of George Kittle. I thought Kittle would have to, like we both touched on it last. We all touched on it last episode that uh, Kittle, we thought was going to be the real X factor. And if they win, it'd have to be Kittle winning against linebackers just didn't really use him at all. And, uh, it was really, really weird. Cause you have a guy who people assume is like a top two, top three tight end. And he's just not getting any receptions at all. And, uh, you know, he's getting meme to death because, uh, in 2020, he had that little bit, oh, when he was mic'd up, he said, I'll be back with the vengeance. And, uh, I guess a vengeance is just four yards on two catches, but really disappointing game from him. Uh, there's no, no ch- reason why your fullback Kyle use check should be outgaining George Kittle in receptions and in yards. But, also, not getting Ayuk and Debo involved and involved as much is pretty interesting. I mean, their best second best player, outside of McCaffrey, is Jawan Jennings, and that's like that shouldn't be happening.
0: Ayuk had some good catches, but I see what you're saying. Ayuk's a legit weapon, so um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, they didn't pass it to him very many times. They only had six targets and three. I catches. mean,
1: yeah, I I get that, but like I get with Sneed and McDuffie, it's kind of hard, but. That's when you need a guy like George Kittle to really step up and take that middle of the field and really draw that draw the players off. But he really didn't do any of that. Like he was really quiet for the entire game, and it's just like, what happened, man? Like, I mean,
0: you- the real star at quarterback was Jawan Jennings. He had one hundred fifty eight point three passer rating. So,
1: oh yeah, I mean, if the Niners won the Super Bowl, you could have made a case that he is the Super Bowl MVP, and I would not have fought you on it
0: and i'm going to just pipe in here cuz i did a quick google search unfortunately patrick mahomes did win nvp this year i thought they were going to go their typical nickelodeon fashion and give it to some underrated guy but uh looks like they fell to the hype of the super bowl and just gave it to Patty mahomes so i feel like chris disappointed have,
1: chris jones definitely could have had a case like i said last week uh, he he did push there were a bunch of throws where Brock Purdy had the open man in the end zone. Chris Jones just forced him into a quicker throw, and he just couldn't get I there. mean, I kind of
0: liked watching Nicole Hardman make his little Kansas City comeback there after yeah, starting the, the season on the Jets. Like, he came home, and he had some clutch catches.
1: Second leading receiver, three catches, 57 yards, the game-winning touchdown. Pretty good, pretty good for him.
0: Yeah, Carter. I think
2: one of the funniest things about that is, you know, this is an assumption here. It's... All just thoughts, and I've seen a few people comment on it. But, you know, a lot of what Kadarius Toney was doing for the Chiefs up until they traded back from E. Cole Hardman, was a lot of the same type of stuff that he's been doing. So I've heard a few people, like, make the comment and joke that that ending play to kind of send the 49ers home with a victory was originally a play that was designed for Kadarius Toney. It which was. I just think that's even funnier. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't know that...
1: Play. It was the exact play they ran against the Eagles for the final touchdown. Yeah, I'm
2: not... That's that what is that is very sa- funny. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you don't 100% know if that was originally going to go to him, but it's most likely, you know, something that would have happened, which I think is just hilarious from that aspect. Considering that, what, 40 minutes before the game, he was announced as a healthy scratch.
0: I think he was my super gremlin a couple weeks this season, too, so well-deserved on his part. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know what else to really hit on. Pacheco got some volume.
1: Played very poorly by his standards.
0: Yeah, he didn't run the ball very well. I mean, how? They, twice. The only one who ran was Patrick Mahomes, and that's just because you know he played some superhero ball down the stretch that only Pat Mahomes can do.
2: It was really
0: effective, though. Uh
2: huh. The way that they did it. It was the, the only thought thing was, they had. Thought on was the very creative. For a while.
1: Especially that fake handoff on fourth and one where they just had Patrick Mahomes as the option. He has an option. I mean, that was
0: such an easy play to just gain that yard and get the first.
1: And yeah, that's just a great design. I mean, we see so many times Kevin O'Connell runs like 15 yard deep routes on fourth and one. It's just like, hey, don't. Yeah,
0: there's an angle to that where I think if Kevin O'Connell calls that and it doesn't work, he gets called, you know, trying to be too clever. But when you have Pat Mahomes and it's designed by Andy Reid, it just works. And, and I don't Mahomes, think. Pat Mahomes,
1: Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. It's three guys who you trust with that, that spot.
0: Yeah, I think that comes with experience and then also like the level of talent that they have. So I don't know. I mean, we've said it many times. KOC is coming into his own. They signed him, hired him for the long run. So it's like maybe we will get a semblance of that in five years or something. You never know. Not to make it about the Vikings already, but. Yeah, any other takeaways from the Super Bowl? I mean, all I can really say is solid game, had a decent time watching it. And you know, I can't complain about the refs, so I'm happy.
1: A defensive line. The defense the game was won by defensive line. It was a
0: defensive game, in my opinion.
1: Joey Bo- or not Joey, Nick Bosa was very good at keeping rush line integrity, like they pointed out a lot during the game, not letting Mahomes overextend into the pocket and reset the pocket. That really stifled him early on in the first half. Mahomes struggled with that. Chase Young, again, made himself some money last night with, I think, almost two sacks or, like, one-and-a-half sack or something like that. Played very, very well. Same with Vernon Hargraves as well on the inside. Those guys played really, really well in a losing effort. And on the other side, you had Chris Jones impacting a lot of, like, potential touchdowns just taken away because he gets in the face. And George Karloftis. And even uh the first-round draft pick they had that most people considered a bust, he came in and played some meaningful snaps. So there was – Really good football all around by ah, defensive lines. I think they really are the underrated heroes of the day.
0: True that, brother. No, it was uh, impressive on the defensive standpoint. Spagnola deserves a lot of credit, and then obviously the 49ers are going to field a good defense in this day and age. So,
1: It really came down to secondaries, like what, the better secondary and the better quarterback won. You had Trent McDuffie and uh, I forget, I think uh, Legerius Snead on one side versus Deamador Lenore and, Ambry Thomas on the other so that was always going to be it was always going to be the Niners struggling and having an uphill battle there and then when you have to play against Patrick Mahomes you know never easy
0: well if you don't have anything else to add Carter we do have some Vikings offseason topics to touch on just to kind of fill the air and you know speculate on some stuff we might have to deal with in the coming months um so yeah hold your peace if you don't have any more Super Bowl talk you want to hit on
2: I don't have too much I want to say. I do kind of want to circle back a little bit to the Brock Purdy point and just kind of emphasize that my analysis of it is relative to what we think Brock Purdy is. I don't think he was the thing that lost you the game. That's what I tried to say. Yeah, I don't think he's the thing that lost you the game, but I think it's also – important to remember who brock purdy is we've already said our opinions on brock purdy and me and pre mostly fall into the same category yeah but i think I a lot like... of people thought brock purdy would be what sets you over the opposite edge to lose the game and i don't think he was that
1: i mean yeah, do we I... think they win the game with Kirk cousins or any other quarterback of Kirk cousins caliber i think I don't they... think i don't know it i don't depends think on it, Kirk cousins i don't cousins think had, so it's don't hard know. to beat the chiefs I think you I, win the game with a Kirk Cousins level quarter. You back. can't make that
2: argument though, because so many things. Look I think different. the
0: difference is the way the teams are built. Like Christian McCaffrey has to be their Patrick Mahomes. Like he has to make a lot of good plays, and he's got to be yeah, the guy that, you ride on.
1: That fumble in the first quarter didn't help them either. No. Granted, you know the Chiefs also fumbled at like the seven, so I guess they wash out in the end. But there's sloppy special teams as well, from the angle of that muffed punt, getting the Chiefs back in the game. Getting, yeah, I think we
0: forgot them. to mention that, but that was kind of a momentum swing. Didn't and do even, all that much, but did that even do a blocked score? Extra
1: point. Yes, it led to a touchdown. Okay. Like, the next play, uh, even just the blocked extra point is like that just changed the equation of the game so much that it's hard to, you know, fathom what happens differently.
0: What quarter was that muffed punt in
1: third, late third? third. Quarter.
0: Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, let's uh, let's move on. And we just have some quick hitter Vikings topics before we close out with Super Gremlin. Um, I think it's worth talking about. There's some players the Vikings have to pay. Um, the obvious solution to that is one they need to either restructure, which I think would be insane, or just get rid of Harrison Smith. Maybe Harrison Smith retires, we don't know. It's but about
1: twelve million on the books.
0: He better not be on the team next year if that's how much he's gonna be earning. So
1: no 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 chance he'll be at the back of that cap. But...
0: And the reason to do that is to pay players like Daniel Hunter, Justin Jefferson and potentially Kirk Cousins. I mean, there's definitely a, an order of necessity there. Justin Jefferson's is a no-brainer. Daniel Hunter might want to go. Um I think Isn't kind of drama? all the all the all the drama in the past was due to his agent probably holding out and such. So I don't really think it's he has some motive against the Vikings or anything and then Kirk Cousins, I think he's just going to ask too much. Carter, I wanted to ask you first on your perspective of the situation. I mean, the hierarchy of Jefferson, then Hunter, then Cousins, of who you need to bring back is pretty accurate, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you really just don't want to make the mistake of disrespecting players, ultimately, and getting, I'd say, too involved with the finances of it, because ultimately you just want good football players on your team. And I think it's a, it's a fan dream and maybe even a slight, maybe, maybe slightly pedantic to uh, want to think that, Oh, let's just completely rebuild, scrap everything and everything will go well. I think you just keep everyone that you can try and keep everyone that you can. Cause the Vikings have some good pieces. I know that's, that seems like a, idealistic viewpoint, but I think you have good football players that, you know, perhaps like being in Minnesota too. And I think you should try your best to keep them there. I like that. You... It all
1: really depends on what you're going for next year. Uh, It's, it's hard to say the order between Cousins and Hunter. We... The order doesn't
2: matter too much for me. I can say that right now. I think it's just more so well... the idea.
1: I think it. I think it matters when it comes to Jefferson. Jefferson should be your number one priority, regardless of anything else. You need to lock that man up for multiple years to come. Hunter and Kirk, I, the order really doesn't matter. There, are you going to go? I I know that this regime is itching to get the quarterback of the future and make their own decision there. I would not be averse to having Kirk back at under thirty-five million a year. I don't think that's going to happen, especially with the talk you're hearing from him and his agent about you know finding you know. They're getting ready and gearing up for those conversations. Uh, I think Matt Anderson he reported earlier, or he found someone's reporting earlier, that saying that uh, you know, Kirk and his agent want to stretch this thing out to March, and the Vikings want to have their answer within the next two three weeks. So that'll be really the issue there with if he'll be back or not. I think it's starting to look like he's not going to come back, which. If he doesn't, I think Tom Pellicero said Sam Darnold could be a name to look out for. It's like a bridge. Yeah, Gardner Minshew. I would be fine with that. Well, as, as before
0: him. we before we get too deep in this, let me ask you this because on the Kirk Cousins talk, I I wouldn't say I'm pessimistic about this front office. I like them. I like what they've started to do. I think they had yeah one rough draft. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. But between Quaycy and kofc People are saying don't reach for a quarterback. The worst thing you can do is reach for a quarterback. I agree. I don't want another Christian Ponder situation. I don't think this front office has what it takes to pass on a quarterback in the first round if they can't move up. I think they have backup on backup plan on backup plan, and they could end up reaching for a quarterback. I just think that's how they run. I think, I think that's just how they're going to operate. I think they're so desperate to get a quarterback that we're getting someone no matter what.
1: I disagree. I mean, have you not seen the report that they're, you know, trying extremely hard to trade up to three? Yeah, but what they, if all, they can't? If they can't, then I, I don't think they're going to take one in the first round. I think they'll just sit it out. They could they,
0: take one in the second they, round.
1: Yeah, second round. If you like, like it, That's, I think gonna yeah, and it could
0: be a reach. Is kind of my point.
1: I don't think there's like con. I don't understand the concept of reaching in the second round as much as I think when you talk about reaching for quarterbacks, it's primarily first round. Is when you like really re- like that's when you move up and give up capital and try to grab a guy who's not really there.
0: I mean, like, what about Kellen Mond? That was I don't think that breach. was a, I
1: don't think that was. A, I mean, Kellen Mond was a like a picks almost seventy, like eighty. I like you're allowed to miss at pick eighty, like. I don't think that that's like... You're
0: allowed to miss, but it's a bad look. And it's like, if it's, it's in the bad, second, think, let's say that it's in it's the a, second, you can get a role player easy. You can get a instant starter in the second round this it's day a, and age.
1: It's a bad look when you have three other third round picks All also we're not on the team within a year.
0: The that's Vikings they have mean, a second round really, pick or they don't have a third round pick this year? We
1: don't have a fourth. We have a third and a Fourth,
0: second. okay. Yeah, so I don't know. It's just, I think at their, in the first round, I think they would possibly reach i think i don't think they're incapable and i don't think like it's a bad front office we have but i think they're gonna but take what a track
1: record do you have saying they're gonna reach if anything they've under like i don't think that lewis I, I don't think they they like they reached on any of their first round picks Lewis. well Cain's i think
0: pretty- their blinders were set on lewis scene which is kind of what i'm getting at their blinders are set on well, the quarterback given that
1: range jordan addison fell in like he wasn't a reach like in their two years, they don't have any quote-unquote like massive reaches. A little bit seen I
0: think it's the situation the team is in right now. again and if, if they're on any amount of a hot seat, I don't know if they are. I kind of don't think they are. But if they're on any amount or feeling pressure, they might reach for a guy that they think, you know, you know, Drake May we couldn't get. Let's reach for. I mean, they're not going to draft someone like Bo Nix in the first round, I don't think unless they trade back, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to fall like, but then it was like one of the second tier of quarterbacks that people aren't sold on Jane Daniels. Yeah. JJ
1: McCarthy.
0: Yeah. I mean, so maybe Jane Daniels
2: I've heard a, a top few top sources top. that are saying the league may see JJ, JJ McCarthy, good Lord, are a little bit higher than a lot of the things. I think JJ McCarthy is know. being
0: rumored where the Vikings are right now. I still don't even know if he makes it that far in the draft
1: he probably won't i that's think
0: that's kind of that could, what i'm you, thinking
1: you could have JJ mccarthy go in the top
0: so top. even if you get him in the if you get him at 10 or if you trade up to like nine or eight or something weird i don't know like just for example that might be considered a reach if he's like,
1: that like perception versus what it is is so incredibly like it's so incredibly different patrick mahomes is considered a reach like a massive reach when he was selected nobody thought that was a good pick other than like like john gruden and the chiefs front office like Almost everyone gave that a seer below grade. But, like, was it a reach? Like, we get, no, like, Patrick Mahomes should have been the first quarterback taken off the board when you look Okay, back well,
0: in. if he doesn't play any snaps, is off the team in three years, or if he's, like, completely, if he's a Gardner Minshew, that's a reach, right?
1: I mean, again, I mean, maybe. I mean, Gardner Minshew is still pretty good and should be a starter. If you drafted
0: Gardner Minshew at 11th overall, that was a bust.
1: That's
2: uh, uh, hard to I, say I'll to be honest that. with you. I don't know because I don't know, exactly. if you're, if you're the you look Jaguars. At, you look at his performance so differently.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: And you—chances <laughs> are you don't move on from him after two years like they did. That's or a really bad more thing, like bro. a year and a That's half. That's a bad thing.
0: Not moving no. on because you have draft capital on a guy that sucks. No, I
1: don't. that that happens
0: a lot though. Well, the the Cardinals played it right when they drafted um, what's his face?
1: Rosen and Murray. Yeah,
0: Rosen. I think they did it right. They moved on. Well, that's goal. also because
1: they switched GMs and coaches and a whole new regime. Okay,
0: if you're, yeah, I mean, if you fumble that bad, maybe it, it was worth, maybe it was coming, but I don't know if it's kind of like the Eagles play. Like if you mess up or if you need a quick rebuild, rebuild or you need to move on from a coach or a quarterback, you do it. I just think it's a better philosophy this day and age in the NFL.
1: I don't I think know. It,
2: depend- it depends on your philosophy on it, but I will say I agree with Preet. I think you look at Gardner Minshew's initial success in 2019 and 2020 very differently if he's early Bro. on.
0: Again, he's if Gardner Minshew Teddy was Teddy Bridgewater.
1: And Teddy Bridgewater would have had a second contract in Minnesota if his knee did not turn into spaghetti.
0: Yeah, but would it have, if he had progressed, we don't know now. No, the even sucks. if he did
1: progress, Teddy Bridgewater would have been here long term. He would have been here long term if his knee did not turn into spaghetti. Dude, his
0: stats are abysmal. as much as I liked watching him and like the guy, like without Dude, Adrian Peterson, we looking, would have been a looking,
1: terrible team. No, looking back at it and look through the lens of stats, it's so incredibly short sighted. Did you he watch seven, him play, bro? Yeah, he went seven and nine his first year without Adrian Peterson as a rookie. Like he, when he shouldn't have been starting, like he was, he, like, he drove winning to a level that I don't think that other quarterbacks have since him. Like, I maybe. mean, he
0: was, I mean, you could say, he was a less volume Purdy. Also, like, he's a who are manager.
1: who are his receivers? Like, who was Teddy Bridgewater's best receiver during his tenure in Minnesota? Stefan Diggs. Diggs, second year Stefan Diggs.
0: Yeah, and he really like, broke out of his shell. Six hundred
1: yards. Like, uh, let's let's not pretend Teddy was working with like, a cascade of weapons or treasure trove of weapons. He was working with nobodies.
0: I don't like, know. Uh, I from, think the general uh, consensus among people is that like Teddy Bridgewater was I guess bust isn't no, the right word. That's, that's a revisionist
1: reach. history. That is such revisionist history.
0: Well, I'm is, sure glad he's not our quarterback if he wasn't going to improve his production.
1: That is just peak revisionist history to say Teddy Bridgewater was a bust. Teddy Bridgewater is a very I didn't good say
0: he was a bust. Unlucky. He was also picked 32nd overall. Am I right?
1: Yeah, he was just a very good player. who got very unlucky. You, you, you'd you assume would Very a, good? Player. Yes, he was. You're he inflating. Made the he made his Pro Bowl his third year. He was very made,
0: good, bro. You did not just say he made his Pro Bowl the third year. Do you he remember made, the Pro Bowl roster? Do you remember how many people sat out that year? Do not use that. He was like the program. second
1: replacement. He was not like a Pro Bowl's a player.
0: joke, bro. I like Teddy Bridgewater, and he was a decent quarterback for a young guy who,
1: given the weapons he had, didn't have, have a lot the of, of supporting Offensive guys. line he had. He was very. We forget how bad his offensive line was. You know, who was starting at left tackle for him? Matt Khalil. No, of course he didn't succeed.
0: I mean, he didn't have a terrible lineup. I will say No, that, Adam, that
1: offensive line was pathetic. The offensive I, line wasn't great. The his receiving weapons were non-existent. He had Adrian Peterson and really Kyle Adam Thielen,
0: Stephon Diggs. Adam Thielen did not Adam Thielen did not start Adam Thielen did not start
1: a single game till after Teddy left. Stephon Diggs was in his second year. Jarius Wright is the best guy on that list at that time.
2: Hey, don't disrespect number 13 like that.
1: Oh, he was good, but like Jerry's right. If no, Jerry's- I,
2: I, I, you just you you reference a player that I love that I love. So I know oh, I, I love I'm standing out of this argument because I think it's clear where I fall. Um, But I don't have the Vikings knowledge to really get into a one on one argument with the lore of Teddy Bridgewater. So
0: I just think if they had drafted Teddy where they drafted Barr, that'd be a tough look. In retrospect, I'm saying in hindsight, you don't know what you're drafting essentially, but
1: it's just such a QB hungry league that you're gonna need to. Oh, J. I J. think J. McCarthy... they should
0: absolutely try.
1: Yeah, no, JJ McCarthy probably is not the 11th best player in the draft. Dr- oh, like, yeah, that's Drake how May... quarterbacks work. Drake, Drake I'm May is unblinded. probably not the second best player in the draft, but he will go too. Like, yeah, he's probably not the second best player. He will go too, though.
0: I mean, Zach Wilson went, what, two?
1: Zach Wilson went two. He was not talented. Yeah. Like, Bijan Robinson was the most talented player in last year's draft. He went seven. I mean, if the Vikings crazy.
0: drafted Zach Wilson with two, I would not be happy right now.
1: In the moment, you would have been happy. Zach Wilson was consensus, too. I'd
0: be excited, um, but I don't know. Yeah. Reed, it's all about hindsight unless you do something, right?
1: That's, that's such a bad way to look at things through, through the lens of hindsight.
0: I can't grade a draft a year in the future, two years in the future. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah,
1: that's why grading drafts. The concept of grading drafts is stupid.
0: So we shouldn't talk about Quasi's drafts at all and just move on.
1: No, we should talk about them like two years after. Like if you can talk about like twenty 2020, twenty, like twenty twenty two, like his first year, two years after, yeah, that's fair game to talk about. It's hard to project what the pick of Jordan Addison is right after you draft him because he's never taken a snap on the field. Like there's so many people who give Quentin Johnson that pick like a B. I think we looking- got
0: down this weird rabbit hole because that's not what I'm talking about, but that's all right. We I think we're on the same page as far as like the important things matter. I yeah, think Carter. it's just
2: a difference of perspective, you know. I think that's the main thing is I completely understand where both sides are coming from with it, but I think it's important to remember that, you know, the draft nine times I'd say nine out of ten picks the logic behind why these picks were made makes complete sense and the fans back them, but it's really easy to go back and trash it three years down the line if it doesn't work out. You know, a great example of one that doesn't make a lot of sense was Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. You know, that's easy to trash at the time, it's easy to trash now. But like even now with a lot of these top picks, it's it's you can understand the logic as to why they made it, especially with I mean Zach Wilson, very... more, you know,
0: there's very few draft picks that are illogical.
2: Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's why what I'm we saying. assess
0: them three years down the line or more, and then we say, oh, that guy's I understand,
2: sucks. but it's also, it's when you do that, it's harder to play the what-if game after that. It's fun, but it's harder. It's more of a play. fan conversation
0: at well, that point. Yeah. That's what we're having, basically.
2: No, essentially, but I do think it's important, since we're discussing kind of a what would the front office do type of thing, and we've kind of got into the yeah. past bits of that. I think it's important to remember that we're looking at that. We took originally took on that conversation from more so a front office point of view rather than oh my gosh, how cool would it be if you know the Vikings had X random player instead of this player, you know?
0: Yeah, and the quarterbacks are so. We'll probably move on very soon. The quarterbacks in this draft are very hot or cold, based like people's perception of them. Even Caleb, people aren't sold on him for whatever reason. That's what's happening every year.
1: I think that's as as close as you get to every single class. It gets very hot and cold. I just yeah. think that this year is so much insanely stronger than next year's class.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think they need to draft a quarterback, and that's why, I like... I think J.J. McCarthy excited. would
1: be QB1 next year, and he'll probably be QB4 or 5 this year.
0: And if he ends up being Gardner Minshew, I'd be pissed. <laughs> is that fair to say?
1: Hey, Pro Bowl or Gardner Minshew...
0: Pro Bowler, Gardner Minshew, I mean, yeah, he could be Jacoby Brissetti, could be Gardner Minshew, could be one of those guys, but you, I think they absolutely need to take that risk. I'm down with that. Plus, it's fun. It's good entertainment, good content. Uh, unless he's, you know, completely terrible. That'd be crazy. Let's, uh, I think we should just move into Super Gremlin. We've been going a long time. I mean, Preet got down I think, our... I
2: think it was a good conversation, though. I just think it's a Yeah, we went a little to too deep, but
0: yeah, that's all right. We're just guys talking about football in the end of it. Uh, Carter, would you like to introduce Super Gremlin?
2: Of course. Well, Super Gremlin of the Week is our segment where we talk about nothing related to anything we just talked about. But it's looking like this episode might be pretty related to some stuff we had mentioned earlier. Coined by Antonio Brown when he stormed out of MetLife Stadium to end his NFL career. And my Super Gremlin of the Week is none other than Travis Kelsey for assaulting a very elderly obese man on the sidelines of the Super Bowl. I mean, good Lord, he lush. got up on Andy Reid's face. I love Andy Reid. Um, <laughs> i just kidding. But he, he got up in Andy Reid's face just for seemingly no reason, and Andy Reid looked a little scared. I mean, I'd be scared too if Travis Kelsey got up in my face like that, and I just thought it was really unnecessary because if I'm remembering the context of the play, I'll let Preet correct me because I'm sure he'll know. I know. But – um. It was like only it was uh, what he was out for one play or something like that.
1: He was out for one play. He wanted to be in as a run blocker so they give a perception that he that it's a passing play as well, so they couldn't sell out against the run and strip Pacheco.
2: You know, did we get more clarification on that when in the Tra- post game interview? Travis yeah, or- he was, he was he okay. asked
0: and he said, "I was bas- I was telling him how much I love him, how much I love that man." Uh, it That's doesn't look like said. it.
2: Yeah, he the man is just all into the mark. I mean, he's the just a perception intense. of himself now, he's
0: just intense. Like, it was an intense was, moment, he's an intense, you know, guy, pro athlete. I don't
1: know. My favorite reaction was the uh, the reaction of Swifties online who have never played <laughs> professional sports, but, or like any sort of sports before. Carter, like, me and Carter played football before, and he knows like how competitive I get. And that's just for like backyard football. Like, if you're playing the Super Bowl, I assume it's like a lot more, but they're like. If Travis can do this in person, imagine what he's doing to Taylor behind doors. Get this man out of here. Like,
0: I mean, Taylor's got the pants in that relationship anyway. So, Preet, what's your super gremlin?
1: My super gremlin is Taylor Swift. And for no other reason, like, I know people are going to be like, oh, she was on screen for too long and all that. She definitely wasn't. I also thought it was funny that her uh, entire coalition of friends. Included. I mean, they did
0: pander her every time the Chiefs did anything. but She was
1: on screen for less than a minute, like combined. In they the panned
0: her a lot, but there are also other famous people in the booth, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. Spice. Yes, Ice Spice, Blake Lively, Taylor Swift, and Jason Kelsey is an incredible assortment of people. But that's not why she's my super grandma. Why she's my super one is for the fact that during a commercial break, she chugged a beer and like. I think it's personally... Really- I think
0: it was... A, was it a beer? Or was It, like it a was mixed a beer, drink?
1: I think. But whatever it was, she chugged it fast. An
0: alcoholic than- beverage. If it was a mixed drink, that's even more impressive.
1: Whatever it was, she chugged it. And I was impressed that she chugged it faster than Aaron Rodgers did that one buck game where he tries to chug it and then stops halfway through because he clearly can't get through it. So Taylor Swift, the woman that you are, shout out to you for making Aaron Rodgers look like a bitch on the national stage yet again. Thank you for that.
0: She's the alpha. I guess I'll go preet has been severely edited this episode, I'll say. Um, my Super Gremlin, I'm going ahead with Harrison Butker. Well, one, he was my prediction for MVP, and unfortunately, he did not win. But something Jake Moody, a rookie kicker, was able to do is set the all-time yardage record on a field goal in the Super Bowl history. Very he impressive. Does. And then Butker comes in and just steals that by two yards.
1: Not even a quarter later.
0: Yeah. So it took the... Maybe that's the story of the game, just the Chiefs taking the thunder from, you know, a young 49ers team. I guess Bucker they're not young. Been... They're a couple of young players, though.
1: Bucker would have been a great MVP.
0: I know. Back. That's why he was my sneaky good prediction. Like, if he had a game winner or even just, like, a bunch of field goals like he did, and if the MVP wasn't a sellout to Pat Mahomes, Kermit, um, they would have definitely gone with a kicker. That's totally on brand, but...
1: I mean, if he had, you know, if they just won, like, 12 to 10 with four Bucker... I mean.
0: Would they pull him out for a play did he get hurt how'd that work who because didn't they have a, a another kicker come in or is that the 49ers no,
1: no i don't think any team had another kicker come in brother
0: oh really i thought there was yeah. some weird kicker thing that's just me no. not listening
1: no I, I don't think that happened anyway i think you're thinking of Carl Loftus going out because he like dislocated his finger and then wanting to stay in they're just like yeah you got to go out brother
0: Nonetheless, yeah, way to steal a star from Jake Moody, the stardom from Jake Moody and his big moment of his career as a rookie kicker. He was drafted very high, I'll have you know. Drafted pick 99. Well, that's higher than Daniel Carlson, no? Daniel Money Carlson Moody, wasn't like the sixth. The him?
1: highest draft kicker since who, who, Carter? Since who? Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Let's see if you can get it. Roberto Aguayo. Yes, sir.
0: Oh, my God, I forgot about him.
1: Yeah, yeah
2: and then like if, you, if you really want to get into a third-round punter, we can talk about Brian Anger.
1: Oh, but that was actually like looking back at it. That's not a bad pick. Great pick, cool. great pick. I just love. I just wanted to talk about it. I know, big punter guy. <laughs> just uh, if
2: you talk, if you bring up Brian Anger, that's an easy talking point for me to go off. Love that wasn't,
1: dude. Wasn't Sebastian Janikowski a first rounder too? Yep. And yeah, if you I want
0: to talk about so.
1: and if you want to talk about hybrid punter and kickers, you have the ever evergreen Corey Vedvik.
0: Wasn't young? Not hundred percent familiar who that is.
1: Corey Vedvik was a Baltimore Raven, uh, kick, Baltimore Ravens kicker who was like a backup to Justin Tucker. The Vikings traded a fifth-round pick for him. I think
0: in the preseason, player. he did kick and punt in
1: a game or something. He did, and he was he was notoriously bad at both. Incredibly bad at both. Yeah. The thought was he was going to kick and punt and save a position, and then he just ended up costing us a fifth-round pick.
0: For some reason, I thought Young-Way Koo was... Drafted, he no. was an undrafted free agent.
1: He was UDFA. He was a Chargers first. He got cut. Yeah. He went viral for kicking and backflipping at the same time.
0: He's a cool story too. Yeah, so that's enough kicker and punter talk for the whole off season. Is it though? Is Sorry, it really enough? I feel like we're gonna
2: I'm,
1: I'm ignoring that comment right there. Yeah, that the whole was Off
0: seasons were his... a little harsh. I think that we're going to need to
1: address harsh. Greg Joseph in this off at least once or twice.
0: Oh no. Yeah, we need to move on. not his political him. beliefs. Not his
1: political beliefs. Strictly football.
0: Well, we know he won't be leaving for his political takes. Let's uh let's wrap oh, it up. Wait, would you like to say your signature cool cool guy line?
1: Well, I just want to say thank you guys for being with us for yet another season. Uh Ooh. keep your eyes peeled. Couple cool, couple cool guests we have lined up in the office. That season. probably
0: won't work out now that you said it. Just kidding.
1: A <laughs> couple more, maybe potentially coming on. And, uh, you know, thank you guys. You've just completed your voyage on the love boat. Let's have a great off season, boys. You said it without interrupting Let's go. I only interrupted twice, I was keeping track.